You'll get to know some of our story and some highlights of what's been happening over the last few years. And I thought I'd do that in the style of a few different BuzzFeed articles. So if you don't know what BuzzFeed is, it's this really great online blog. Well, some of it's great, some of it's not so great. And this is a picture of uh, what their uh, homepage looks like behind me. And you'll see those are the kind of articles that BuzzFeed likes to feature. The top left corner there, you'll see a wonderful article entitled 19 Dog Pictures That Will Fill Your Sad Life with Pure Bliss. And that's probably the exact thing that Kerry Neve would need in the morning to wake up to get going. But probably a lot of us love that kind of thing. It's just a little bit of fun. And I just thought to have a little bit of fun today, we'll go through a few lists just to tell some of the story of us and some highlights of what's been going on over the last while. So let me start with our first list of the day. Nine ways to know that you're at a Red Point Durban Sunday gathering. So first up, when you walk through the doors, you know that you're at one of our Sunday gatherings because you just see green everywhere. I'm talking green chairs, we're talking green floors, and we're talking green curtains downstairs. Sadly, the Glenwood green is our color palette as a church, so that's what we've got, and that's what we've got to stick with. Secondly, I don't think today this is true, but generally if you come here on a Sunday, you're going to see a delicious monster somewhere around this building. That seems to be the official plant of our church. And thirdly, you'll find some donut holes from Bread Ahead served after the service. And I think that is probably one of the most important parts of our church. This community has built, uh, been built on a foundation of Jesus and Bread Ahead donut holes. So if you're here and you've returned, it's probably because of those and maybe some other things too. Fourthly, you know you're at a Red Point Durban Sunday gathering because pretty much every single week we sing the song, Good, Good Father. It's such a good song, and we love to sing it, but we have kind of put it on pause for the last while because we don't want to kill that beautiful song. And fifthly, and this is particularly true today, you know, you know you're at one of our Sunday gatherings because while you're worshiping, you look at the words on the screen and you notice a spelling mistake or two, like this morning when it said, I love to glorify Jesus. Um, probably the one that stood out to me the last, over the last few months is we've been singing freedom with between three and four E's. So it's like a gremlin in the system. We're trying to get it out, and I'm sure we will with time. Sixthly, if you've been here for a while, you would have noticed some of Shane Cadman's signature preaching moves. Have any of you seen this one before? And then he gets back into the next point. That's how you know you're at a Red Point Durban Sunday gathering. Seventhly, and maybe more seriously, you know you're here. Because the people around here are warm and loving and generous and gracious. And I feel like you guys have an amazing come-as-you-are attitude. We want to accept and welcome anyone who comes through our doors. I think it's so beautiful. Maybe eighthly, you know you're at one of our Sunday gatherings because we talk and we sing about Jesus and the gospel a lot. That's our real big idea as a church. I thought I'd burn myself with the ninth one. This is off what Nathan Green always says. He says that my hair should be the logo for Red Point Durban. So... You know you're at one of our Sunday gatherings if you see this head of hair. And I just want to go on the record and let you know that it takes me between 30 seconds and a minute to do my hair in the morning. Not half an hour or whatever you think it might be, Nate. So those are maybe some, I'm just trying to drown you out over there. Those are maybe some fun aspects of what you experience here as we get together as a church on a Sunday. But this church is so much more than that. And I thought what I'd like to do secondly for our second list is to look at 10 great moments from our last year together. So a lot that we can celebrate and look back on some uh, memories and milestones that we shouldn't forget. So first up, who remembers that we started this year as a church fasting together? 
I honestly couldn't believe that when I realized that that was this year. It feels like a lifetime ago. But at the beginning of February this year, what we did as a church is we spent a week fasting and praying. And we were praying and we were asking God to move in our church, to move in our lives, to move in our city. And it was an amazing time for us as a church. I just remember uh, Brendan and Kim's veranda filled with people who were very, very hungry, but were also keen to pray. And after those times of prayer, these hungry people would vociferously wolf down the soup that they found in their bowls and then lick them clean. So I think for a lot of people, it was their first time fasting and it was a stretch. But even though I think I led our first uh, evening of prayer quite badly that first night, our Thursday night was such a powerful time of worship and prayer, taking communion together and just celebrating Jesus and what he'd done. And I think it was a powerful way to start the year. Maybe we'll do that again next year in the years to come. Secondly, our kids' ministry, Red Point Kids. And you might not know this if you're newer to this church, but when we started, we had five children who were a part of this church. I think it was like three babies and two toddlers or something like that. I think there were two pregnant moms too. So we really um, had no kids in this church. And today, today we've got over 20 children that are a part of this community. We've got multiple kids ministry teachers. Oh, it's a, really something to celebrate. God has been very good to us there. We've got a bunch of kids' ministry classes. And this year, we kind of rebranded the whole kids' ministry thing, which I think is so, so cool. So I think Travis Miller, who I don't think is here today, really deserves a lot of the credit for this, along with Jesse and the kids' ministry teachers who shaped this. But beyond just kind of doing a bit of a rebrand and a makeover, I think God is at work in the lives of the children of this church. And I think sometimes what happens is we're up here and they're downstairs or outside. So we sometimes forget about what God is doing in their lives. But Sonia shared the most beautiful story with me probably two or three weeks ago, which really touched my heart. And she just said, sometimes when she's with the little kids who are a part of our church, they probably aren't hopped up on sugar, but they're really excited about life and they want to run around. They don't want to sit down, you know. And she said this one morning she was teaching on Samuel and God, you know, Samuel, the young boy, hearing God speak to him. She just said she was so full of faith for what God was wanting to do that morning. And she said the kids loved the lesson. And at the end of it, she was able to get them all to lie down on the floor and she was able to pray for them, that God would speak to them and they would hear his voice. And that night, I don't know if Shane knew what lesson had happened in the morning or not. Shane's putting his son Jack into bed. And Jack said, but dad, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't want to go to sleep. because I really want to hear God speak to me before I fall asleep tonight. So that's such a powerful thing. And I want to ask each and every one of us to be praying for the little members of our church and asking God to introduce himself to them at a young age so that they would know him and love him and follow him and be radical for him all the days of their lives. It'd be so wonderful to have the kids of our church hearing God speak to them more and more and more. Thirdly, and I think this is linked, is we had our first two baby dedications this year as a church. And I think that was a real highlight, praying for the Stratums and the Eustas as they welcomed little girls into their families. And it was also just such a cool thing to see Arabella and Zoe up here in front of us as we saw kind of the newest parts of our family welcomed in. And we look forward to more babies in the future. Fourthly, a lot of you have said that having the restored teams out three times over the last few years have been cool. And Andy Rogers and the crew from a Restored Church in San Diego have been with us a bit and really have ministered to us and encouraged us during the week and on Sundays. And I wanted to share that because I think we are committed to partnerships between other churches here in this city and around the world. And we're so excited to partner with other people to see God's kingdom advance and to see the gospel go out more and more and more. I think this is maybe more of a personal one for me, but I really do want to share it, is Shell and I have been leading a life group for a few years now, and there was this couple that um, started to have a bit of a romance spark up, 
And I remember um, noticing this and thinking, really? Tom and Weekly? But I've never even seen those two talk to each other before. And there were probably two people we would never have put together who met in life group and started a relationship. And in April of this year, it was an amazing thing on a Tuesday night that our life group got up to a bit of godly deception, and we lied to Courtney. And this incredible gazebo was set up at the place we're going to be praying on Thursday, the Cube on Innis Road. And it was covered with lights, and there was champagne, and these pillows and everything. And we told the life group, or we told her that we were going to be getting together to pray. And she shows up and there's no one there. We're all hidden behind the cube with some family and friends. And Tom gets down on one knee and he proposes. And I think they met in life group. They got engaged in life group. They would love to get married on a Tuesday night in life group, but I don't think that's going to happen. But it was just really special to see God bring the two people together. And uh, we're excited to see more of that happening in the future. If you're not in a life group and you're desperate to get married, I think, <laughs> what more reason do you need? You know, this, the proof's in the pudding. It can happen, you know. Um, but we are really excited to see some of the single people of this church um, get married in the future and to see the engagements and the weddings and the kids to come and all of that stuff. And I want to let you know that we do pray for you if you're single in this church. And we ask God to give you the right person at the right time in the right way for his purposes. Last week, sixthly, uh, Amy Zipmull was up here and she was praying and telling us about NEMA, our reading program into Durban Children's Home. And it's really been a great thing. Some of you are involved in that. And also some of you have been involved in um, the two paradigm shift entrepreneurial courses that we've done. If you don't know what paradigm shift is, really it's a program to help business people, to equip them for business and to equip them for life and to help them to really get their businesses going well. And I just want to say as a church, we want to serve the city more and more and more. And we're stoked about those programs and we're stoked about what they're doing. Really some amazing, amazing stuff. But we are trusting as we go on to see more and more stuff like that happen and to see more people getting involved in the renewal of the city through the gospel that we're so desperate to see. And um, as next year comes around, we're going to be starting a paradigm shift course down here in Glenwood, which I think is going to be a really great thing. Some of you are going to be able to get involved in that. Maybe some of you will do that course. But it'll be so great to be serving the city around us and helping entrepreneurs get equipped for their futures. Seventhly, um, at the end of last year, maybe it was a little bit embarrassing for us as a church, but it felt like we were praying people out every single week. Be like at the end of the service, okay, we're praying so-and-so out today. At one point, we just decided we're just going to do like a block booking and just pray a few people out one shot just so that it's like one Sunday versus every week. But it's been an amazing thing over the three years that we've been going as a church that we've seen, I think, around 50 people sent out from this church to other parts of the country and the world. We've seen people go to the UK. We've seen people go to the US. It's actually cool to have Dom LaGrange here today because today's her last Sunday before she goes back to the States. We've seen a family go to Australia, and we've seen some people go to Cape Town and to Joburg. And I woke up the one morning, and I saw this on my Facebook news feed. I'd been tagged in it, and I was a little bit groggy, and I was trying to understand what was going on, because the faces of the people in this picture have all been in our church at some uh, part of the journey, but half of them live in Cape Town and half live here. And at the end of last year, we prayed 10 people out to go and move to Cape Town for studies and works. And we ended up with this moment where a bunch of people from the church were down there and they all got together and had this fun moment. And you can see the joke started up that we were going to start Red Point, Durban in 20, uh, Red Point Cape Town in 2017. So if any of you guys are game for that, we've already got a launch team ready and rearing in Cape Town. So if you're a taker, we can make that happen. But it is a privilege for us as a church to invest into people and to see God prepare them and for them to come to know and love Jesus more and then to see them sent out to their next assignment or whatever God has for them in a different place. 
think like the last thing that I want to highlight about the last year is that we are a church that loves food and we love to get together and we love to celebrate. And we had a really great Christmas party at the end of last year at Mark's and Kath's place. It was a really fun time. Roast chicken and fillet and amazing food. We had this really cool Christmas tree, which everyone wrote testimonies of things God had been doing in their lives and in this church and hung them up. I think that was a really special thing to celebrate and to enjoy. And it was just a really good family Christmas time for us together as a church. And then we had the Italian feast this year, just a few months ago, which I think was one of my highlights of the year. And it was amazing to see so many of you guys there, but also bringing in so many of your friends and family. And it was this amazing opportunity where all of us got together and we ate and we drank and we were married to the glory of God. And Jesus was in the midst of that situation. And I love that about this community. I really think that is one of the tools God has given us in our hands, is our homes and our dining rooms, our lounges, these events like this where we get together. It's an opportunity for us to be together, but to connect our friends and family, our coworkers, those that we love with the people who are part of our church, with Jesus in the midst of it all, and for him to minister and move and heal and love. And I want to encourage you not to forget that our homes and events like this, our dining room tables, are incredible places of mission and places of community building and places of gospel advance where the love and grace of truth of Jesus can impact people's lives and change them forever. I don't want to do all of the talking today. So there's two guys I want to ask to come up. Tabani, why don't you come up first? There were quite a few people who just shared some stories of um, testimonies or things they felt God was doing. I've asked Tabani just to share up front. Um, hello guys. Um, my name is. Is this working? No. Yes. Okay. My name is Sabani Mnyandu. Um, I'm from Umlazi. I'm currently doing my final year at UKZN. Um, so I've been at Red Point for just under two years now. Um, so when I first came to Red Point, um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was a very different environment for me. Um, but actually, when I came here, I actually felt really welcomed. Um, I felt that it was a beautiful um, community of people um, that loved Jesus, and um, you know, it was. A, I felt that it was a really warm, warm um, surrounding. Um, I mean, some of my friends have actually um, that have actually met some of you have testified to this um, that um, the people that they've met from Red Point are very loving and are very friendly, and it's 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 a yeah, it's quite a loving community. So I've actually seen God operate. Um, at Red Point um, in terms of I've seen the love that we share for one another and um, some of my friends have seen that as well. But I haven't just seen um, God operates in Red Point. I've also seen God operates in, in my own life in the past year or so. Um, I think about a year back, um, at around, a year back around this time, and I think it was June, July, I was in a very difficult um, financial position. Um, I had taken the semester off to um, try and save money to be able to pay for my school fees, which I had been owing at UKZN. It was a large amount of money, um, and um, as, um, by the time um, the due date was approaching, I hadn't saved nearly enough. I mean, I was praying, and I was, you know, I was praying for God to give me a miracle. Had a couple of friends pray for me as well. Um, I was doing al- um, Alpha at the time. At the yeah, I was doing Alpha at the time, and a couple of people from Alpha were praying for me as well. So, like two weeks before the 
due date for me to pay my fees, I still didn't know where the money was going to come from. I was really worried. I was still praying, but I was really worried because I hadn't been able to save the money that I needed to save in six months, and I didn't know how I was going to be able to get the money in two weeks that I needed to pay for my school fees. Um, but God did an amazing thing. He touched two people's hearts in particular. Um, one person from this church whom I'd love to mention, but they'd prefer um, if I didn't. Um, but they came to me and said, well, Tabani, I, I felt God say to me that I need to donate a certain portion of the fees that, you, that you're owing at school to, to help out. So that was a really great moment for me. And I think about a few days after, I got a call from one of my cousin's husband who I had hardly spoken to, who I didn't really have a relationship with. And they actually um, they asked, how much do I have? Um, how, much, how much do I have to contribute to my school fees? And they offered to pay for the rest. So that was a really, 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 really great moment for me. So I was able to go back to school and then and, and finish my studies. Um, so I went to school for the, for, the, for, the, for the semester. And then at the beginning of this year, um, I was... Please give me some grace, guys. Um, so at the beginning of this year, um, I was actually in, in quite a similar position. Um, I was owing money for last year's fees. Now, I wasn't able to go, I wouldn't be able to go back to school unless I had um, paid the fees that I needed to pay uh, for last semester in order for me to carry on this semester. And, um, but one thing was significantly, significantly different this time. I knew that God had already come through for me in the previous year, and I knew that if he had done it, one, if he had done it once, he'd be able to do it again. So I was praying faithfully. I had a couple of friends um, who were praying for me. And you know what? God did really come through for me. He, 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 he not only provided a way for my fees to be paid for, for the fees that I was owing to be paid for, but what happened is that UKZN approached me and they said, well, Tawani, we want to give you a loan that's not just going to cover the fees um, that you're owing, but we want to give you a loan that's going to cover the fees that, you, that you're going to have to use for this semester. So I'm actually on my final year. Um, I've got a couple of weeks left. I'm about to finish my studies, and I've really seen God um, come through for me. And I feel that it's been through these challenges that I've faced. It's, it's, it's been through these challenges and these miracles that have happened to me. I mean, there's so many things that I could mention, but if I had to mention them, I think this would turn into a preach. But anyways... um you know, there's so many things, um, but I feel like it's, it's, it's through these challenges and it's through these miracles that have happened that I'm able to trust in God more, that I'm able to put my faith in him more, that I'm able to sing some of these songs and really, and really think about the times that God has been there for me. And um, yeah, thank you. All righty. Good morning, everyone. Um, so I think in light of what Tubbs was saying, it's so beautiful to have witnessed the culture that started to grow in this church, um, but also the individual stories which are happening. Um, I wanted to draw us quickly to our name, Red Point Durban. And uh, sometimes we forget, but Red Point stands for Redemption Point. And this is a group of people which Christ has redeemed and is continuing to redeem over three years. And that's powerful. And that's glorious. This is a, this is a joyous journey, which is at its three-year mark. So can we just give a, a round of applause to that? I think that's... <laughs> um, I think there's been some really incredible stories happening in this church. So I encourage people to get to know people, to find out what God has been doing, because that will grow your faith, um, like Tubbs has done for us. And over these three years, there are three points that I want to quickly reflect on. Uh, one already mentioned is culture, people, and Jesus. 
Um, culture has been something that has really brewed well in this church. And we, we, we're very strong on knowing Jesus, the gospel, on mission, on multiplication, to say the least. But something for me that's been profound is this great balance and tension between grace and truth. And not only is it preached well here at the pulpit, but it's lived out amongst the people. Um, and I think that's <laughs> pretty profound. Sorry, I just need to stick to my notes here. And a great example of some of this, of this culture, is a story which brings a smile back to my face. So at the moment, I currently run AV and Sound. But one and a half years ago, Brendan led that. And um, one fine Sunday morning, I decided to go for a surf with Josh, Hannah, and Chris. And completely forgot that I had the church laptop left at home. Anyway, so 10.30 into the service, uh, um, I was still out there surfing got out. I didn't even have a good surf, to be honest. I got out onto the sand, <laughs> and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh my goodness, the service has imploded. Brendan's standing there with a death warrant for me. I, I, I dramatize, but I sat there, and I was like, should I really go back? Maybe I should just stay here for the remainder of the day. And um, anyway, so I plucked up the courage, and Brendan was just standing there with kind of this look on his face, like, ah, oh, classic Callum, but smiling. And he just laughed it off. And in that moment, he showed me such grace. And I want to highlight in that moment, because what was expected really for my negligence was for someone to be really angry at me and furious at me because, you know, he had to go out of his way. He had to go back to his place last minute, go get a laptop, uh, you know, make a fix, somehow get this all to work, which he managed to do. And he wasn't angry with me in the moment. He showed me grace and we laughed it off. Um, although he did tell me not to do that again. <laughs> Um, but then fast forward a year later is Tubbs. I'm going to throw you under the bus here, Brew. <laughs> um, so it was a Sunday, and as they normally are with services, um, I got here, and it was about 9.30. Tubbs nowhere to be found. Now, he's supposed to be on AV duty. Um, 9.40, 9.50, 9.55, no Tubbs. Phoning, Tubbs, where are you? Um, anyway, I ended up taking AV duty. Later on that day at 1 p.m., I get this message, and it's like, dude, I've just woken up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, Tubbs, it's a 14-hour sleep. It's nearly tomorrow. Um, I was thinking that, but I didn't say that. <laughs> but in that moment, I was able to laugh that off with Tubbs as well and be like, you know what, dude, there's grace in this moment too. We make mistakes because that is what had been passed down to me. And that is what I was then passing down to other people because of the culture that's been set in this church, which I think is profound. And then secondly, quickly, culture does, it doesn't just appear. Culture is brewed out of the overflow of the hearts and minds of the people in that community. And so Redpoint has an incredible bunch of people, but I really just want to highlight the eldership and, and your wives. I think you guys have modeled what it is to be Christian for us so incredibly well. Um, you're intentional. Not only are you intentional with the community, but you're intentional with your own personal faith and growing and never being stagnant. You're humble. Um, but most importantly, you're excited about Jesus. Like, you're excited about what Jesus is doing in this city. And, that, and that's such a great model for the rest of us to look up to. Um, so just kind of a round of applause for our eldership team as well. <laughs> and then last of all, I'm grateful to Jesus. Um, 
I'm grateful to Jesus and what he's doing in this community, that he's our king, he's our savior, he's our hero. I'm grateful that he is the captain of the ship um, and that he is doing such an incredible work in everyone's lives. And without him, this would be nothing. So I thank him that today would be an incredible joyful day. There'd be a lot of celebrating, but that ultimately the glory would go to him. Cool. That's me. Very cool, you guys. I think as Brendan said up front, we don't just want to commemorate the things that have happened. We want to celebrate and look forward to the things that God is doing and is going to do in the future. So maybe seven things to look forward to before we begin to wrap up. Firstly, we've got some new life groups that we'll be launching before the end of the year. And really, as a community, we are growing, and we do need more leaders and more groups where people can get connected, can be cared for, and can grow in their faith. We've got some new preachers. There'll be three new preachers preaching before the end of this year, which is something that I think is a really cool thing. It's great to see new leaders raised up in this church. We're going to be preaching a vision and value series from the end of September for a few weeks, which I think will help us to set our course and direction again as we go forward as a community. Uh, there's going to be more ways and opportunities to serve our church through NEMA and Paradigm Shift and other things into 2017 and the future. We've got some fun events planned before the end of the year, which, like I said, I think will be great opportunities that we can invite friends to and help people get connected with the people of this church. And then the next two things I want to say are more in faith. The first is this, look around. Just look around who's in this room now. Look at the person to your left and right, maybe the people in front of you and behind you. And I want you to think about one year's time at our fourth anniversary. We're going to need some more chairs in this room. And there's going to be a bunch of new people in this room who we don't maybe know now. But what I was thinking about is this. In one year's time, some of those people will be our friends. Some of those people we will be seeing every week. Some people we will have been into their homes. We'll have celebrated birthdays together. Maybe some hard moments and some great moments too. And this church is going to be a community that God is adding new people to. And I love that. When we started this church, a word that I felt God give me was new friends and changed lives. And I feel like that's true. Some of you have become new friends over this last while. I feel like I've gone into some new homes and new places because of you. I think that's a wonderful thing as God changes our lives together as a church. And the last thing I want to say in faith is we, have, uh, we can look forward to our first church plant. And I don't know who that's going to be, and I don't know when that's going to be. But I want to look back to when we started on the 11th of August 2013. We're at the Botanic Gardens in a conference room there. Probably some of you were there for that first service. And it was a special moment as about 40 people started to host people and draw people in so that they could come to know Jesus. That was really our desire and our goal. And now you look at the church, it's grown quite a bit. We're a church of over 130 people. So we've kind of tripled in size over the last few years. A lot of experiences of what God has done with us and as he's led us through and as new people have joined this community, which has been really special. But I remember standing up that first Sunday and reading out of Zechariah 4 verse 10, which says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And God has done a lot over the last few years. And I was in San Diego last year in October, and we were visiting with our friends from Restored Church, and I was at their three-year anniversary, just like we're celebrating today. And while I was there, a guy named Brad Sarian, him and his wife Sarah, were prayed out of the church to go to a new area to start a church. It was the second church they'd started. So Restored Uptown had planted Restored South Bay and was 
planting restored LA. So that's three churches in three years. And I was stirred for us. I remember 40 of us starting this community from humble beginnings. It's wonderful that we've gone a little bit down the line. But I look forward to the day when we've got a community of people up here, 40 or more people, and we pray for them and we resource them and we prepare them and we send them out to another part of the city or another place to part a new community of faith. And I really do have a dream that we would see this church plant a number of new Jesus gospel communities all around the city. People who would come to know and follow and serve Jesus and advance his message all around. Can you have faith for that with me? Can you pray for that with me? Because I think those are going to be very, very exciting days. But I want to end with what we believe God is saying to us as we go forward. I've got one thing I want to share, and I want to ask Rory and Pumi to share too. So Rory, why don't you come up? Hey all, excuse the lozenge. I don't <laughs> like people who are chewing things when they speak, but uh, my throat has uh, forced me. Uh, I was feeling a scripture uh, quite strongly for this, for us and into the future, and it was it's, uh, John thirteen thirty four. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And that's a... It's a very outward-looking scripture, a very outward-focused scripture. People normally say, well, when the church loves the church, people from outside look in and see us, and then they know we're, we're Jesus' disciples. I felt very strongly that that was not the case. That'll come in the future. But for now, it's us noticing each other and being turned towards Jesus, so us in this room. So as you turn and you look at your, at, at your connection, who's you know, recently been saved, and you see something of Jesus kind of shining through them, fruits of the Spirit, you kind of get encouraged and you kind of go, hey, you know what, there's this something here. And you start to get encouraged and you start to bear fruit and you then look up to Jesus. And there's this, there's this exponential sense that we are going to look at each other, notice who Jesus is, look up to Jesus, and then it's just going to be, become a perpetual spiral. And that kind of leads us to the next step where pe other people notice. Um, just as I was um, praying for the church and asking God... Um, no, what of the future? Um, I really felt um, him give me the word uh, press, um, which to press, to press onto God and into the city. Um, and just for God calling us, um, oh, sorry, just that the word press um, can be like an, an intimate word and it's like a passionate action when you um, press something. Um, so the first. Um, uh, thing was to press into God. Um, just, just a call for those of us who might have just started coming to church or have been here for a little while who have come to see, um, maybe just see or hear like what God is doing or like who is this God. Um, but just a call for you to actually just to press in, um, with deep intent to draw near to, to, to God, um, and unapologetically as well. Um, and also for those who already know God, um, just to press into his intimacy um, more through the Holy Spirit um, as we go forward as a church. And then the second thing was um, just that God would uh, press us um, just like a wine is pressed, um, uh, for, uh, that he'd press us for the city. Um, and it's just interesting to see that Jesus' first miracle was um, turning water into wine and it was a picture of um, the kingdom and how God um, could change um, something ordinary um, into something extraordinary, um, as well as um, what did I write here? Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, just that that would be like when we allow God to, to continue to change us for the good of the city. And then just lastly, um, it's also interesting to see that um, in the end, uh, um, when Jesus dies um, on the cross, he, it's, it's almost as if he's been pressed like a wine. Um, and, and it's actually a fragrant offering to the Father, and it, it blesses us. And just that we would allow God to, to press us for Durban and bless the city. I just want to end with one scripture and three points of what I believe God's saying to us. And as I um, was praying, I think last Friday morning, I just thought of Psalm 126, and there's three points that I think God is speaking to us for our future. So Psalm 126 is, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negeb. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. So the three things I feel God is saying to us are this. Firstly, it's time to dream again and time to dream big. And I mean that personally and for us as a church. And I think for us personally, maybe some of us are settled, we're in a, a phase of life or a season of life where we've just kind of gotten into a place of carrying on with life as normal. And I believe God is speaking to us about dreaming and expecting Him to do amazing things and then to pray some big prayers and to trust God to hear them because He's able to do anything. And I believe the same thing for this church. As we go into the next season, God is wanting us to dream and expect Him for amazing things and pray some big, bold prayers because God is able to do anything. Secondly, I believe God is speaking to us about being a community of joy. And you see there in two parts of verse 2, it says, Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And if you remember in May, Andy Rogers actually said that to us out of Philippians 2. He said, You will be a community of joy. And as I read this, it's like that word just clicked in me. And on Wednesday night, we had this elders meeting at the Cadman's home, and I just really enjoyed the evening. We had someone in kind of teaching us and inputting into us as a team. It was really, really great. But I noticed throughout the evening, almost it was like God was highlighting how much we were laughing, how much we were laughing and how loud we were laughing, I guess. And it was this fun, deep, significant evening, but it was also a really fun, laughter-filled evening. And I believe that God is wanting to shape us as a community of joy and laughter. Now, I know that some of you are going through a hard time, and that can sound a little bit flippant, but I I don't believe it is. You might be going through a hard time and saying, Grant, I don't want to put on the mask, you know, and just pretend everything is fine when it's not. I don't want to just laugh and put on the happy church Sunday face. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But in Nehemiah 8 verse 10, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And being a community of joy doesn't mean that we need to fake it and pretend that everything is fine. That's not what I'm talking about. But it means in the dark times and the hard times, when you are sad, when you're unhappy, when things are bad, Jesus is a sure foundation of joy for us, that we can turn to him and find a reason for joy and a reason for laughter, even when everything else is going wrong. I believe God's calling us to be a community of joy. And thirdly, it talks about sowing in tears and reaping with shouts of joy. 
And we are three years into the story, and I think it has been hard work, Redpoint Durban. I want to thank you guys for every bit of energy and effort and time and money and sacrifice and using your talents and gifts to build this community into what it is today. Thank you for your hard work and your investment. And as Brendan said at the beginning, we believe that Redpoint Durban is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of everyone who is a part of this church. So thank you for that. But I want to say I believe we're through the hardness of what we've done. And I believe that God is going to give us harvest and a season of fruitfulness. And I love that that talks about that celebration time, you know, coming back with these arms full of the harvest. And I think when I speak about harvest, I believe God is speaking about new people he's wanting to add to this church. I believe he's speaking about new people who are going to begin a journey of following Jesus and knowing Jesus in this community. I believe he's speaking about new groups and new ministries and new leaders. I believe he's speaking about change lives. I believe he's speaking about restored marriages, and I believe he's, talk, he's talking about restoring and redeeming broken stories for his purposes. I believe there's a harvest of that to come, and I think that is the fourth year we are walking into. That is the season ahead that God has got for us as a church, and I hope that you believe that with me and would get excited about that with me and would pray that God would do that in us with me. So for us, Redpoint Durban, that's really what we wanted to share this morning. We want to uh, continue to serve and chase after this amazing God who has served us so amazingly on the cross, laying down his life, that we could be forgiven of our sins, that we could be healed, restored, and reconciled to our God. And really, as a community, our vision is to know Jesus and make him known. That's what we live for. That's what we're all about. We want to grow in that more and more and more. And I want to say you are invited, if you're new here today, to be part of the story and the future that we've got. And if you've been here since the beginning, I want to say thank you. And I want to ask you to join us in the year that is ahead and all that God is wanting to do. Can you stand together? We're going to sing one more song before we end the service and head outside for a Brian some fun. But I thought what would be so good for us to do is this is a moment of thanksgiving and celebration. So I think it would be good for us to pray and to thank God for all he's done. And I think it would be so good for us to pray about what's to come, about our fourth year and the things that God is going to do as we go forward. And then we're going to thank God and worship. So can I ask you to raise your voices with me and thank God and pray for what's to come. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for this milestone. We thank you for the last three years. We thank you for every single story, everything you've done. And we thank you for the cross, Jesus. And as we look ahead to our fourth year and the season that lies ahead, Jesus, we ask you to do it all. All of the things we've talked about today, all of the dreams in our heart, all of the desires that we've got, all of the plans that we've got, we pray you would take us by the hand and that you would lead us into what is to come, that your hand would be on us, Lord, and that you would do more than we could ask or imagine. You're an amazing King, Jesus, and we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind 